for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Tucker Carlson destroyed Mike Pence. Karen Hunt and Adam Ruckus Cluck are here to make it make sense. RFK Jr. is getting called an anti-Semite because he said Jews are allergic to COVID-19. Adam Ruckus Cluck and Karen Hunt are here to Explain it all and tell us what it means on Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. On Joseph Arthur's Technicolor Dreamcast. Oh yeah, Tucker Carlson destroyed my Adam Ruckus Clark and Karen Hunt are here to make it make some sense. Hello, Karen Hunt and Adam Ruckus Clark. Hello, hello. I, I, I'd be here just for your opening song. <laughs> right. The best part is we're part of the opening song. Every exactly. Time. Nobody it. ever, nobody ever wrote so many songs with me in them. <laughs> I know. I've written tons with you in them, but I've written even more with Adam Ruckus Clark. In I fact, bet. I've written more Adam Ruckus Clark songs than any Anything other human else. being else on wow. earth. So I should call Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records and see if I'm eligible. Yeah. You probably have more songs referencing you than most other human beings, I would venture yeah. to say at this point. It's a good thing I don't have like a big ego or anything. So <laughs> I do appreciate it. It's, it's very nice. It's interesting you when you put it like that. A, you've got <laughs> enough of an ego. You, I, I would say you have a, an appealing amount of ego. You're no pushover, Adam Ruckus Clark. Okay, don't you try but to psychoanalyze me like one of your previous See? guests did to you. Did you, did you listen to that? Oh my gosh, dude! I gotta say that was a phenomenal interview with C.S. Joseph earlier. Dude, that was just great. Holy moly! <laughs> I know. I agree. I, I mean, he nailed me. I, this was so fun, Karen Hunt. You got to check out this oh, guy, C.S. Okay, Joseph. Was it right before yeah. this? Okay. <laughs> no, it was uh, right before. Right before this. Okay. Uh, two, All right. Two hours ago. Yeah. Oh my First goodness! Hour. You mean I, then I'll make some sense of you if I listen to that. <laughs> Uh, a little too much. He, he he nailed me. I mean, it's the the most insane part was his ability to psychoanalyze. You know, anybody. He says he can do it within two seconds, and he had me. You know, psychoanalysis. I think only goes so far because it's it's really intellectual, mm -hmm. and it sort of uh, sort of ignores the whole spiritual and soul component of a person on some level it's a it's yeah. very intellectual but on that level he had me nailed um particularly the me of 10 or so years ago the mm. younger version in, in the way he would describe some of my like more angry aspects and how i just expected everyone to do everything i said and all it, life has a way of humbling you out of yes, that it does. behavior. And, that's called, you know, that's called so, getting older. <laughs> right. 
so I had to tell him, I was like, you described me to a T, the young version of me, but now yeah. I'm not, I don't expect people. In fact, now I'm surprised when anyone does anything I say. <laughs> so it's like, um, and, oh, and that's um, also yeah, the product of having a child. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, that's an yeah. ego de deflation technique uh, <laughs> on fleek. But one thing in this, I, I definitely want to go into Tucker Carlson and what he did to Mike mm. Pence. I don't know if you guys saw that. That uh, was pretty amazing. But um, this part, I think you guys will both like, is what he was saying about AI and its ability to psychoanalyze people is going to be off the hook. And that's going to create a sort of mental um, uh, segregation of, of, of mind types because they're going to be able to identify the revolutionary mind types versus the ones that will fall in line and they will and they will sort of segment society based on these things and and control us in, um in ways we can't even fathom through mm -hmm. the ability to psychoanalyze us all at the, we're all going to be completely exposed in terms of our inner mental workings essentially and through ai and everyone will have that ability may i expand you mean upon like that real quick before oh, Karen ahead, answers, yeah. go for it. Yeah, the, yeah. The bigger, because <clears throat> the, excuse me, the point he was making is that, like, for instance, all of the work that he's done, if he's able to quickly and easily analyze people on such a strong, intense level, and I mean, just you can see that demonstrated just in his brief conversation with Joseph, um, as well as if you look up any of his other work, it'll blow your mind, right? But True. then you realize, okay, yeah. wait a minute, all of that work is online, it's available, and we've been reading the news about how the AI is training itself by scraping and learning from the data that we've provided it, which you understand greatly, Karen. So that's why I wanted mm -hmm. to point it out. So I guess he's in some sort of like mad dash rush to beat them too it and put this power in everybody's hands before the elites exclusively have access to it but there you go well you know i mean i have a friend she was doing um uh what was it palm reading or card cards reading and she was describing to me how she could make you know um i mean she has some sort of ability to make connections with people there are people that she couldn't connect with at all but there are people that she connected with but the you know these type of people who also train themselves are very good at um well first of all you can now you can find out anything about anybody online before you ever you know meet them or talk to them but um but some but if you have this ability you can sort of you can intuitively connect with people intuitively without AI, you know, intuitively connect with people and think about it, that AI, all that AI is doing is taking that out of us, you know, and, um, and, and, and sort of, yeah, as you say, like this whole thing now, the, the terminology of scraping data. Um, so, but I actually wrote, I, I don't know, I, I'll get into, I, I wrote my, the latest piece that I wrote, which was about, um, Tucker Carlson, and I actually I'm working on a piece about his interview with Andrew Tate, which which I found extremely fascinating. Um, but um, there was a uh, there was a, an experiment done by if you've heard of um, Libé Libé he he made an, he did an experiment with EEG experiment where he found out in the 1970s, he conducted a series of experiments that focused on the unconscious electrical activity of the brain. And that he found out that, that participants, they would 
push a button, you know, they, they had the, the idea was that they pushed a button in response to something and that the brain activity that caused the participant to push the button happened on average 300 milliseconds before they were aware of the decision to act. And so there were a lot of, um, you know, philosophers and scientists who were jumping on this. And, and as Noah Harari, Yuval Harari says, you know, we don't have free will because decisions are made actually a millisecond before you think you've made the decision. But what, what LeBay thought was that, was that our unconscious brain initiates decisions approximately half a second before our conscious mind realizes what's going on. And so the conscious function is still in control. It can overcome, it can veto the act. And he was saying that this is why a child, when they, the first, the big, the, what's the first big word that the child learns is no. So he came up with this idea that instead of, you know, more than free will, it's our, it's our ability to say no to something. It's our ability to sort of um, flip the, 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 um, the script, you know, and there are those people who, you know, you think that they're going to react in a certain way. And there's always somebody that comes along, you know, we know this and does the, you know, what, what the unexpected and, and, but then I sort of concluded with this, what if, AI is then able to figure out how to control even that, you know, that so that you are no longer able to say, you know, that, 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 that millisecond before you're able to make that decision, AI is able to say, is able to even control that. So that's to me is like a horrifying, a horrifying thing. We need to keep control of that in our brains, that ability to say no, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, it's all getting very minority report. You know, that Tom Cruise mm -hmm. movie where it was like predicting a crime before and arresting someone for the crime that they were going to commit. It feels like that's going to become much more than science fiction uh, very soon. There will be no more free there. there that means no more free will, no more. You know, I mean, it's just it's a horrific, horrific world to live in. You know, you would imagine that there would be these people who are controlling that or the AI. Eventually, you don't know, you know, what's in your brain. What, if something, if you're, you don't know who's making the decision, you know, and people are rushing headlong into this. Um, Amazon has just started this thing with um, Amazon One where, where you can buy things with your, reading your palm. You put your palm, yeah, you, you just put out. Foods. Yeah, you do it at Whole Foods now. Also, where you yeah. just, you know, so, so, so that, so, and people are saying, oh, that's really cool. I want to do it. They're not thinking of the implications that this is taking people one step closer and closer and closer. They think it's giving them more freedom, but it's taking away their freedom and people don't realize it. I feel like the idea that there's no free will correlates with people that are into denying God. Because I feel mm -hmm. like God, the premise of God, it, it sort of hinges on free will. Because people then say, like, why does all this evil stuff happen? Well, that's because of free will. And because the world's been turned upside down. Uh, but if yep. you deny that there's free will at all, then everything is all based on God's design or something like this. I don't know. Ruckus, it, what it do takes you away all all moral uh, responsibility. It takes away all right. responsibility. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's antichrist for sure, but it's also playing God more than anything mm-hmm. because of what you're talking about. See, this as you, as you were describing. First of all, I got to say because I thought uh, the info that Chase C.S. Joseph dropped earlier today was like the, one of the biggest black pills I've ever heard on this show, and then Karen comes along and proves <laughs> me wrong. Um, because this concept is even more frightening. I'm like, what? Okay, goodness gracious, which is worse, knowing that the machine is going to know everything about my next move and it's going to regulate me or step in and liquidate me, eliminate me. No, it's going to like just, it's going to change my decision before I make it and then trick me into thinking I made the decision. Oh, that's wonderful. This is so scary. Um, it's kind of like getting a lobotomy or, you know, just not not knowing, being completely ignorant. It's very frightening to me. Um, I want to be able to fight against the, the tyranny. You know, I want to be able to say, no, I want to be able to stand up or die on my, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to go along and I don't want to be tricked into thinking that's what I wanted to do. I want my free will like God intended it. But this whole conversation reminds me of one of my biggest struggles to this day, just being honest with everybody about my faith is this, I, this concept of free will when mixed with, um, uh, the omnisciousness of God, because we have free will, but God already knows the decisions we're going to make. See what I mean? And that's a very complicated concept for me, and I struggle with that sometimes. I don't know if you guys have ever sat down and thought about that kind of thing, but it's interesting. I struggle with all those things, yeah. (laughs) All the time, dude. It's like, what's the point of all this if I'm just supposed to overcome my sinful nature? The whole idea of of myself, I can do nothing. Uh, The whole idea that, you know, say, take sobriety, for instance, you know, the decision not to use drugs or whatever, if that's your issue. Um, even in the rooms of recovery, it's like it takes grace to get sober. But then again, it's you're the one that has to uh, get to the meetings. And it's like so it's this dance between free will and not free will. And it, it is it is a gray area for sure. Um, yeah. And I don't have any kind of anything resembling a dramatic, oh, here's the explanation of it all. Oh, certainly not. But I do know that there's a part of me that I, I like, I do, I, there's a part of me when I'm doing my best, I know I'm doing my best. And there's definitely sometimes when I'm not doing my best and I know I'm not doing my best. But, but at the same time as well, um, it's all spiritual because our battle yeah. is with principalities. So, it means that I'm just falling victim to demonic intrusion by my way of thinking yet still I feel responsible. And yet still the way to then get into doing my best is to not judge and condemn myself. So it's a real weird dance because if I judge and condemn myself, that leads to a sh- what you call a shame spiral, which leads to more mm. bad behavior. So you mm. have to kind of, forgive yourself not condemn yourself and yet still be kind of like a stern internal father figure to yourself and be like no no son no more of that behavior (laughs) um my my dad told a great you know great story and for your listeners who don't know my father was this really amazing christian writer and public speaker like in the 1980s and it it was quite interesting growing up with him as a father but he used to tell this story of uh, he told the story of a young man excuse me who came to visit him and many people come to came to our house to visit my father our house was always filled with people and this young man came and he was angry at god my dad described it as this man was angry at god he said this is i don't have how how do you call this free will how can you say god is a loving god 
you know, he, God, he's dangling me over the flames of hell and he's saying, turn, turn or burn, <laughs> you know, do it my way or I'm going to drop you in. How is that love? How is that, you know, giving you free will? You know, it's basically, you know, do it my way or you're going to hell and you're going to suffer, you know, for eternity. And, um, and, and my dad said to him, I mean, that's a difficult question, you know, <laughs> it's like, how do you overcome that? You know, it sounds true you know and he said that he, he said to this young man he said you know god is god is your god is god god knows you god loves you god wants the best for you but man would rather would rather do it his way would rather die would ra would rather have the control over himself to would rather be try to be god than to submit and I think that's what, you know, what a lot of it is, is like, we don't want to submit to God. We don't want to admit, you know, our failings or our faults or whatever. And through that sort of submission, I mean, it sounds terrible. It's a bad word, you know, sub submit, you know, but, and then through that, we find, you know, this, this freedom. And, um, and the man went, he, re the young man, he went away, refused, he refused, you know, even when you're faced, if the, if it's true, you know, people would rather burn in the hell of their own making than to submit to the, you know, to, to God. And so this is another, um, you know, deep truth about it and why that is, why, why is that? You know, that's another question. Yeah, I don't have a problem submitting. That is just not my issue. I, like because all it takes is for me to get into real soul pain, and I'm like, you know, I repent, forgive me. I I do that all the time. But there's you know still a trickster within. I mean, C.S. Joseph was talking about all these different sides of our personalities. I think he said there was four quadrants, and one of them was the trickster. And I'm like, yeah, I've spent I've spent several days being the trickster before several years, you know, and so it's yeah, I don't I don't have an issue with submission. I just that's a gift, I guess, because I really just I'm I don't have pride in that regard. I'm ready to repent at a drop of a hat. You know, what about you, Ruckus? Do you have trouble with that? Well, there was. Well, yes, of course, all the things. But there was another running theme in your conversation there and also with uh, C.S. Joseph about forgiveness. And that's that's also an important key, either, you know, spiritually or for mental health purposes. You need to be able to recognize yourself. Right. So he was talking about on, a you know, a cycle analytical level. Right. In order to forgive yourself. And you, the same thing can be said spiritually or in your walk with um, Christ, you know, you, you need to understand that you're a sinner and then you need to, you know, receive that forgiveness, but not in this case, not from yourself, but from a savior um, because Jesus died for our sins. Right. So I don't know. There's just this concept of forgiveness is very important for moving forward, no matter how you look at it. Mm. It's essential. Yeah. You can't get into the kingdom of heaven without it. You can't be forgiven without it. And Con to condemn and play is playing God. And that's really the center sin, basically. So let me take a quick break. We'll hear from Karen Hunt right after these words on TNT. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. So Brandon Tate says some things that people don't like, and they don't like them because they're true. Understand this. I have every expectation that the government of Romania is doing this at the request of others. Could it be the government of the United Kingdom? I don't know. But I don't think that the government of Romania has done this of its own accord. They've arrested him and his brother, Brandon, for leading a group 
his brother from belonging to the group of men who convinced women to do TikTok videos so that the men could make the money from the TikTok video clicks. It's ludicrous on its face. And the women involved all say they're not victims of anyone. They're friends of Brandon. To which the government replies, aha, that's exactly, that's exactly how a trafficked woman would respond. That's exactly how a victim would respond. No, no, no. Despite your protestations, young woman, you're victims. Because we say you are, and we need you to be, so that we can prosecute Brandon and his brother on human trafficking charges. Kafkaesque doesn't begin to describe it, and yet here we are. Welcome to 2023. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. If you're talking about it, the United States of America should never, ever default on its debt. We're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT Radio is nominated for Most Trusted Broadcast Media. Well, well earned, I think, that nomination. And this show is nominated for Best Analysis Broadcast. Thank you very much. American Liberty Awards. Go to AmericanLibertyAwards.com and vote for us. Anyway, Karen, I thought you were about to chime in. Karen Hunt, were you about to chime in there? Was yeah, that right? I ha- yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so I had written. Re- recently written a piece um, called What Crips Founder Stan Tukey Williams Told Me Shortly Before His Execution. And as I said before, you know, I started a creative writing program for incarcerated youth in the 1990s in Los Angeles. And um, uh, Stan Tukey Williams was the founder of the Crips, and he was uh, put on death row for a murder that, that he or committed, but he claimed his innocence anyway. So shortly before he was to be executed, at the very end of 2005, I was able to um, get an interview with him. Um, actually, my the editor of this magazine that I started for our youth got the interview with him, and it was really an incre- uh, incredible interview. He wanted to tell something to our to our youth that were in you know the the, the youth we were working with. Most of them were facing life sentences. Can you imagine, you know, 16 and 17 year olds, 15 year olds, I had one 14 year old girl who had, who got a life sentence. Um, But he said that when he was a boy, there were times when I knew that something I was going to do was bad. And I should just interject here that when he was in prison, you know, when you're in isolation, and I also had another experience of sitting with the first woman who was put on death row, Maureen uh, Mickey McDermott, I sat with her twice on death row and had long conversations with her. So I've had this experience of being with these people that are on death row for these heinous crimes. And um, anyway, so he spent years there and he, and he turned his life around and, um, you know, and he wrote books for children. He, he, um, brokered peace deals between gangs and things like this. And he became renowned throughout the world. And of course, Schwarzenegger, you know, he, he uh, denied his clemency to him and he was executed. I don't believe in the death penalty, by the way. Anyway, so he said, when I was a boy, there were times when I knew that something I was going to do is bad. Just before I did it, my stomach felt strange. A voice inside my head said, don't, but I would do it anyway. You can learn from my mistakes. Trust yourself. So we are being told now, don't trust yourself. Trust 
us, you know, the experts, trust AI, trust even, you know, the, the, a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a dog, you know, whoever, don't trust yourself. Don't trust that, that voice, that inner voice. And then um, Susan asked him, you know, does that, that strange feeling and voice in your head, does it ever go away if you keep disobeying? And he answered, no, it never leaves. If that inner voice disappeared from every human being, all of us would be human automatons, robots. <laughs> and he said that in 2005, shortly before he was executed. And it gave me chills to read this again. And that's why you know, I wanted to um, publish the, this interview with him because this is what you know we are we are being we are being told to forget about this our conscience our inner voice this voice you know this this in natural instinct that we have from god of what is right and wrong and and all of these things so i thought i just wanted to share that you know because it goes very well with what we're talking about yeah thank you for doing that yeah it's morality is an interesting concept in and of itself it's like what is that where does that come from i mean it, to me, that points to a creator, uh, a.k.a. God. And then if you talk about that voice in Christian terms, that's called the Holy Spirit. And it depends on, you know, I mean, there are things I can do that I know are wrong and will do them anyway, um, sort of willfully sin, maybe possessed by demons or something. But then there's all kinds of decisions in life that are more vague, that are a little bit harder to hear that internal voice, whether you're right or wrong. You might want something to be right, but maybe it's not your connection to that. Um, I think with all the distractions and all the media is already being tampered with, you know, because if you're really with yourself a lot and in a place of meditation and silent prayer or whatever, you're, you're facilitating that connection with that internal voice. So I think it gets drowned out with all the noise. Yeah, we need more meditation. I really, I, 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 that's so true what you say. And the Bible also says, you know, the heart is, is um, deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So we know that, you know, we can, can really convince ourselves of anything. So if we, you know, know this, you know, we have to have some sort of a beacon, a light, you know, to measure ourselves by that, that's, uh, you know, apart from what our own desires are telling us, you know, and that, and that's, and that is that conscience, that voice of God, I, I believe, you know, basically. What do you think, Ruckus, before we go to Tucker Carlson and Andrew Tate, last, <laughs> last Holy Spirit thoughts? Oh, wow. Let's try to drag this out as much as possible then because I don't <laughs> want to do all that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. This is, this, is a, this concept of morality, <laughs> of morality like without having to be taught it, is, is actually I'm reminded of what the, uh, the founding fathers of the United States of America described when they used uh, the, the terms, we hold these truths to be self-evident. There are certain things that we just – we know. We just know. We don't know how we know, but it is certainly one of those things that sets us apart from all of the other living things on this planet, and yet 
more evidence of a creator God. Uh, and one of them, uh, interestingly enough, thanks for sharing that story, Karen. Um, you know, I think a lot of us just kind of assume that uh, all the people who do bad things are all bad people when that's not true. Um, but I, I am always curious, do you believe, Karen, um, in particular, that there are people or empty vessels of, of wrath fitted, uh, fitted for destruction uh, for God's wrath, like people running around who don't know the difference between good and evil and they're just on a different level? Well, you know, I, I can speculate. I'm really of, a, of the belief that I, it's not my place to judge others. So I try to, the more that we see in this world, you know, being pushed upon this hatred, extremism, all of that. And that I think is part of that Andrew Tate uh, interview. Um, I believe in coming back with compassion. And um, I actually just wrote a piece about that um, because uh, I don't know what somebody else's path is. You know, when I sat with that woman on death row, uh, I'd been told to go there by by a case by a, a private investigator, a very famous man, who was dying, and told me that he believed she was innocent. I never could, I never figured out is she innocent or is she not innocent. I, I couldn't figure it out. You know, if she had done that horrible thing or not. But um, you know, only God knows those things. I think there are people doing horrible, 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 horrible things in this world, and I think a lot of them, literally, I think Bill Gates really thinks that he's saving the world. You know, I don't think he's he's a, some evil, you know, or he doesn't think he's some evil monster, you know. But I'm not in, like, how could I ever even begin to understand somebody like that? I, I mean, only God can. Only God can do that. So I I, I cannot understand any of these people. I don't understand how they possibly do what they do. Justified by the greater good. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. if, if you really think, oh, we must depopulate to save humanity, then all of a sudden you're capable of, you know, evil beyond comprehension all of a sudden. Absolutely. And, and you yep. framed it as a good thing. I mean, who knows, man? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Ruckus. I, I tend to think, you know, the world is driving people mad and and creating a God-sized hole on purpose and creating, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You could you could take it all the way to Genesis and the apple in the Garden of Eden, and and you know, our all of our devices have an apple with a bite taken out of them. So, except it never a, said it was an apple. <laughs> it's just well, there's a <laughs> wink and a nudge there for sure. Some um, sort of. Some, some sort of fruit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I know Ruckus doesn't want to talk about Tucker Carlson, and but you, you wrote an article about Tucker and Andrew Tate, uh, so I would love no, to get I your haven't take yet. on that interview. No, I haven't yet. No, I'm, I'm oh, working okay. on I'm working on it, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I saw part of that interview. I haven't, I didn't watch the whole thing. I was kind of, I got a little bored of the cult of personality behind it. Um, I'm a little... Uh, Whatever. I have a question of, about Tucker Carlson. Does the okay, guy even sleep it. anymore? Like seriously, he's all over the in. place. He's like, okay, here's yeah. a six hours with Tucker Carlson here, and then five minutes later, here's an eight-hour interview with this guy. Three hours over here, he did his twenty minutes on Twitter. What's up with this guy? I think they cloned him, dude. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you possible. watch his his uh, takedown of the of Mike Pence and the other various candidates? Uh, uh, over the, I saw the Asa like Hutchinson one. Yeah, that one is amazing. Where he was like, 
uh, how, so how many COVID-19 jabs did you take yeah. and what's your take on it now? And he was like, how many did you take? And he was like zero. And there was that meme that went, nah, 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 nah. It's the D-O double, double, double G Snoop Dogg and the glasses and the joint go into his mouth. It was funny. Uh, it's yeah. so interesting though, too, because the non-memed version of that had the whole audience applauding for Tucker saying zero. And it just makes you go like, wow, what a strange world that you know, before we, anyone who said they weren't going to take the jab was demonized beyond comprehension. And now it's like a heroic stance, uh, at least in that crowd. But um, did you guys catch any of those? Uh, did what, what did you think of the Mike Pence one, Karen? Did you happen to see any of that? I saw, I didn't see the whole interview. I saw part of it. And I, and then I saw that part that you were talking about with the, you know, o, the OG <laughs> with the classes yeah. and everything. I saw that too. <laughs> that, that was great. But, you know, I, of course, yeah. you know, I'm always like this, um, the, the cynic. So um, I, 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 I see that the way that Tucker Carlson is developing is really, really fascinating. And I'm going to go into it more when I, you know, I, I'm writing this, this essay about it. Um, but I really see this push towards um, you know extremism. There, there's no more middle ground. You either have to be on this side, or you have to be on the uh, on the other side, and you're gonna and everybody's gonna turn on you know on on each other. And um, and I think that the way that he, I mean, I loved it when he said I didn't have any because he, has he ever said that before? Did he ever say that that he had never had the the shots? I never heard that. I don't know. But I never yeah, I never that. heard it either. And I wondered why, you know, how it went down at that moment. I mean, I don't believe anything happens by chance in these kinds of things anymore. So um, I'm just watching to see how, what you know, the path that, that this takes. And I really do believe, like I, I call now um, Elon Musk the Pied Piper of conservatism. <laughs> like he's just leading conservatives down this path. And I'm not so sure it's a good one. And I feel like Tucker Carlson has, um, I mean, I was so behind Tucker Carlson and I'm just beginning to wonder about that too. You know, where, you know, I felt like the person, the first interview what was the first, you know, these interviews that he's doing, where is the man or the woman, where is the man that, that is like, I don't know, the moral, I mean, the, like the, the, you know, the real, you know, we're talking about whether, whether man is, you know, especially that Andrew Tate, you know, the interview and he's so easy on him throughout the interview, but, um, but is he our is he someone that men should look up to? It's an extreme on the other side, you know? It's an extremism. I don't think so you've so. got Oh, I think it is. Yeah. Have you seen the inter as a woman? Have you seen the how, yeah. the interviews? And and trust me, I'm a kickboxer. I know that world. You know, I've run into a lot of men like like him, you know? And um I, would you want your daughter around him? No. Absolutely no. not. And, and I mean, he's bragged publicly about defrauding men of their houses through yeah. typing as the woman on the cam. I mean, bragged about that in several interviews. And you're right. I, and I didn't see the whole interview, but it was soft. It was a softball thing from Tucker Carlson uh, in terms what was of with the shoes Andrew they were Tate wearing. Say, their shoes. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I couldn't stop looking yeah, at their shoes. I noticed shoes. that as well. <laughs> 
They're loafers with no socks, loafers, at no least, socks. or maybe Tucker had flesh-colored socks. Yeah, oh yeah, it was strange. But it was a softball interview in terms of the fact that I wished he would have said, hey, but you did brag about defrauding men of their homes um, publicly uh, on several occasions. So where was that question? You know, I, I do think also, though, Andrew Tate's probably being set up because he... Um, it, it, it's it's complicated because he's also inspiring young men to better their lives in terms of working out and becoming business people. It's just the business person that he became term in terms of like you know soliciting he's just ladies scamming on them. Webcam. He's just making yeah, money that's off of all of them. Thing. You know, right. so it's not somebody right. standing up for what's right. It's not somebody standing. You know, it's, this is right. not a man that. And, and this is why I say they are pushing extreme. This is a pushing extremism, so that both sides. You know, you've got on one side the the. Um, uh, you know, men turning into women, you know, becoming, you know, taking away their manhood. And then you've got this other extreme. And I just wondered why out of all the people that he could interview for that purpose of showing what a man is, why did he choose that man? But millions upon, I think that was his biggest viewed um, interview. Well, there it's you answered the question. No. Yeah. You answered so the question. So is it all That's for why, that? Because is it all for that? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. and, that, and so, I mean, you know, this is why we have to be really careful, I think, you know, we can so easily swayed by these things and to really see what's going on. It's so evil. I just think it's so evil. <laughs> And it's a culture of materialism as well in terms of Bugattis and big houses and and your value is based solely on what you can provide on a material level, not necessarily a spiritual level, you know, Um, so what do you think, Ruckus? I know this is your favorite topic. Mm Yeah, Andrew Tate, let me tell you. Uh, Now that I've learned a little bit more about him, um, he just reminds me of every other slick business guy that has come along with, like, I could teach you how to make millions of dollars. And it's like they get you enrolled in a course, and then they're like, well, you're going to teach other people how to make millions of dollars and have them sign up for your course, and you're going to teach them to do the same. It's just like this giant, weird pyramid scheme. It's all the same thing. you see what I mean, right? Am I telling me did I'm you wrong? See his, did you see his? I watched a wrong. video of him. I watched a video of him with his um, university of telling guys how to get hustler women. University. Hustler, hustler university. Okay, I'm sorry, but really? And they paid. I guess they paid, you know, and then it was shut down. But I mean, this is what this is how he's making his money. And he was encouraging them to post, you know, these controversial videos creating controversy that's how he made it it's sort of the same as kim kardashian saying oh my god when they posted you know when when she when it was posted uh uh the porn video of her that's how she became famous it's kind of like the same sort of on on the other side but the the manly version you know it's kind of like that that's how he became famous but i have to say he is extremely articulate he's extremely intelligent you know, very, very articulate. There was things he said about the matrix that were spot on that I totally agreed with. But that's the thing. Lots and lots of truth. Um, you know, he putting truth in there that people kind of go, wow, yes, that's true. And then all this other stuff that really mm-hmm. leads you into a very dark place. Two truths and a lie, I believe, mm-hmm. is how <laughs> is how the devil frames it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But we live in an attention economy. And in this day and age, to get attention, 
doing extreme things is like mainly, you know, is, is something everybody does or needs to do to really stand out because the quiet sort of spiritual path is is more difficult to sort of Eckhart Tolle your way through, although Eckhart Tolle managed it. I mean, some people do break through um, through teaching, you know, things that can actually help you in deeper ways than just getting enough money to make a Bugatti and drive all over well, Tucker Carlson's show. This is how I look at it. I mean, what if there were no more little old ladies in villages doing good deeds or monks on mountain? You know, I've said it before, praying or, you know, the people, what, what if there were no more of the people that you never hear of, hear about? What would the world be like? You know, we just focus on these, you know, we forget about the the true spiritual warriors. They're the ones that don't seek this type of, um, you know, there, there are very, I, I believe that there are the most powerful people on the planet are the ones you never hear of, you, you never hear of the prayer, the ones who pray, the ones who live the, this life of ser- service and, and, and self denial, you know, the life that Jesus li- lived, truly live that life, mm-hmm. you know, the, those people, if, if that balance was taken away, they maintain the balance between the good and evil. That's what I believe. It's not these people that, that are desperate for attention. And, you know, so, you know, on, on, social media those are not the people that actually really matter in the world that's what i believe all right well let me take a quick break we'll be right back after these words on tnt with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea the left is ever so helpful in telling us who we can trust who we can't trust what is real and what isn't real by how they react to a story so too with sound of freedom the Jim Caviezel vehicle, which he portrays Tim Ballard in Ballard's true story of fighting child sex trafficking. And the way that the demonic left are howling in unison would lead one to believe that Ballard had stabbed Satan right in the eyeball. From smearing Mel Gibson to smearing Ballard himself, saying he was actually involved in sex trafficking and is using this movie as a way to cover his tracks, to equating it as a QAnon adjacent conspiracy theory. All the major media outlets are showing to us what side they're on. And it's not on the side of the children. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative, this is Viewpoint. The Caesar Rodney Election Research Institute, C-R-E-R-I, investigated Zuckerberg's favored nonprofits, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, and found nearly 99% of CTCL grants of $1 million or more in the battleground states of Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Virginia went to cities and counties which Biden was certified as winning. In some places, the funds gave Democrat-leaning areas a more than 10-to-1 advantage in election resources. A grant program for five Wisconsin cities allowed these Democrat strongholds to spend roughly $47 per voter, compared to $4 to $7 per voter in traditionally Republican areas of the state, the Amistad Project and Election Watchdog revealed. Analysis by other groups like Influence Watch, 
and the Foundation for Government Accountability found similar discrepancies. And now a news update. The president's doctor has confirmed that the president is suffering from gastric distress. Apparently, he can't stop Putin. You're stupid. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I'm not sure if we spend the remainder of the time on RFK Jr. as anti-Semite with his controversial remarks about COVID-19, or we go into Sound of Freedom and the new red pill being the black pill, because now everyone's talking about how that was funded by, uh, you know, like top Clinton Foundation people. And, you know, I forget the name of the guy. Carlos Remember the Mexican Carlos Slim. Thank you, sir. Uh, who funded significant parts about it. And then there's, you know, Tim Ballard and Jim Cavassier or whatever his last name is, who, you know, are getting criticized now for watching too many films in preparation. And people are like, why did they need to watch this? And it's a mess, man. It's a black pill mess. It's like, it's hard to know what to even think of it. I still haven't managed to watch the film. And now I'm not even sure that I will. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Sound of Freedom controversy? And do you know what I'm talking about? How it's almost like the both sides are eating themselves over this one? Oh, well, I haven't watched it either. I, I, I would like, I will watch it eventually. I would like to watch it. And I was thinking about it in um, compared to Cuties. You know that remember that film cuties mm-hmm, that was on sure. netflix you know how netflix, they just yeah. rave, raved about that and of course the the you know the conservatives bashed it and now, now it's like the opposite thing that's happening so as I, since i haven't seen the film but i'm not i mean are we surprised i'm, I'm not surprised that they're taking it down but i i but we forget the larger issue that in fact this is going on you know this is happening this is happening and i think that's um that's the tragedy that uh you know the the truth of the matter so it's it's not a true i mean it's it's a it's a rendition of you know the truth um and so they're trying to say that therefore you know the actual truth is not true <laughs> you know but um but i think you know and but, i think that's a shame but the but the black pill on that is that it's a setup by the people that are you know sort of that are into this evil behavior but it's like it's a form of deeper control that then parents will relinquish their kids to getting chipped and it's fear porn. So it's like not all conservatives are saying sound of freedom, good thing. And not all like and not all left wingers are. Well, maybe all left wingers are saying sound of freedom, bad thing. But there's a lot of conservatives that are saying don't trust this sound of freedom. And they're blackpilling it as actually part of the problem somehow. I don't know if you've caught wind of that ruckus. Did you swallow that black mm-hmm. pill or what's your take on that? I did notice that one of the more conspiracy theory or accused of being a conspiracy theorist channels, uh, Brendan O'Connell, he had his Twitter deleted after mentioning something about Carlos Slim's involvement with the production of Sound of Freedom. And and this guy's said all sorts of crazy stuff that makes 
anti-Semitic RFK Jr. looked like Sesame Street. So it was very interesting to me. That's what piqued my interest is like, wow, why, why this one thing that this guy of all the people who could have been canceled 100 million times over just got canceled over this? Like, that's very interesting to me. So I do want to do some digging into it. I don't know what it ultimately means. But you touched upon something that I always am suspicious of is the solution to the problem. There's always a problem and it's always made known to us then we are always arguing about that problem and then ultimately there's some sort of solution for that problem and that's that's the catch that's the rub mm. as they say it's always going to be some sort of technological solution these days and it's going to lend to more control and uh, less freedoms i've thought listen we have a couple dogs that we got from the pound that have, you know, we found them actually. And then we did due diligence, turned them into the pound, adopted them days later, whatever. They have chips in them, you know, and I also have a two-year-old daughter. And I've personally, before this even ever got mentioned, I thought I've even said it uh, to Anna, like, why wouldn't we put a chip in her? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you think that as a parent, because the nightmare of something like that happening, God forbid, and I almost didn't even want to mention this fear because you don't want to manifest anything like that. Um, but it does cross your mind. Like, why wouldn't we, you know, I, I mean, but so I could understand a lot of parents going for that. Let's put it, even though like, obviously I'm anti chip and anti, uh, you know, number of the beast and all that stuff, but it's, it, it is an interesting quagmire. Hmm. Well, you know, and I've been writing about that a lot since the beginning, how they were making the world so, you know, dangerous and so scary that, you know, parents think that their children, like during COVID, they're much safer inside. They're much safe. You know, how, how bad could it be to be on these devices, you know, and keep them, it keeps them safe from the, from the real world, you know? And so, yeah, I think that's definitely um, a part of it, but I don't know. I always go back to, um, uh, it's so it's, it's, it, you know, no matter, it, it's like, it's, it's weird. It makes you weary because anytime you start feeling some inspiration from something like, you know, your first reaction to that film sound of, wow, this is so wonderful. This is fantastic. Right. You know, it, it's, it's exactly. like, they do, it's, a, it's a purposeful thing, you know, to make, you know, to make right. you, to bring your emotions, you know, the, it's a, again, it's back to this menticide, you know, giving you 100%. playing with your emotions and then, exactly. you know, taking it away and bringing you down, you know, and then, and then, right. you know, you know, it makes, it makes you weary mentally, physically, every, it really plays with your, with, with your head psychologically. And, um, and this, you know, it's this roller coaster ride that we're on. So I think we can't, you know, we have to sort of um, become very strong mentally. I, I think that that's what we have to do. We're we're inundated with psyops, and they're left and right. And, and if we think we're above them, we're sadly mistaken. I mean, because then you get like Rolling Stone coming out with a headline that's just like "Sound of Freedom," QAnon porn for you know idiots with brain worms. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but the headline wasn't much better than that. It was basically that. And of course, I write like a quote tweet, like going like. Why are you, you know, this, this is an actual problem. Just what you said, Karen, like what, uh, what's the problem with spreading awareness of something that's, that's not QAnon, you know, are, are you saying that there's no child trafficking happening at all? That's ridiculous. Uh, why wouldn't we want to spread awareness? And then you hear about Carlos Shim, uh, Slim, 
Slim Shady funding it and you know some of you know the director uh gets uh, accused of weird behavior as, as the lead actor or whatever and it's hard to know what to think and it's like oh was i duped you know uh yeah and i think that i mean actually in a certain regard like who cares we know that this is happening so you know whatever that game is that they're playing this is happening this is happening to real children you know, right. and um, and whoever, you know, if, if you look at the reality of, you know, did this guy actually save children? Did, you know, um, who who is out there doing this? There's probably a lot of people that remember, again, we've never heard of. Oh, I have a friend, you know, actually a new friend that I met uh, through my daughter. She she took a, 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 a child that had been trafficked into her home. She adopted this child. That's real. I sat there and listened. You know, there are, there are people doing, you know, real people doing this. She's never been in the news. She's never going to be in the news. You know, this is what we have to remember. We have to get back to that perspective. There's real people, real good people doing good things one person at a time, you know. And that's what keeps us sane basically in this world not this other stuff hmm. yeah but there's also all this stuff that's there to promote division you know what i mean like exactly when rolling stone writes headlines like that they know what they're doing it's you know on the surface of it they're trying to say anyone who takes this film seriously is a lunatic that's on the surface of it. And that's what I respond to, like like an idiot. Like, oh, I'm falling into your dumb trap, you know? But <laughs> they know that. They know they're provoking people like me to write, to respond. So they're, they're playing a, a, another level of chess, I think. It's interesting, too, though, that I think it beat Mission Impossible at the box office. So it's like a massive hit basically they got a lot of yeah a lot of people like a lot of yearning for i think there's so much yearning for truth but that's the scary thing because if if as you're saying they bring this out and people are so excited and feel so great about it and then they just dash all their hopes you know i mean this is what's uh, you know playing play they playing psychologically with people's minds like that it it, that's really evil i mean when was the last time you heard about QAnon? it's like wow wait a minute when was the last time i heard about suddenly it's QAnon is everywhere again you know i mean Mm -hmm. QAnon. (laughs) yeah what do you what say you Mm -hmm. ruckus yeah, this one's very interesting. It's kind of a developing story for me. Uh, I do want to revisit this maybe, uh, but you're right. Um, there's 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 a lot of tugging of emotions, a lot of politicization. I hate that word. I can never say it right about the whole thing. And then ultimately, I'm looking for the the antithesis, I suppose, or whatever. They, there's always like there's like uh, the Hegelian dialectic. So we've got the two opposing things, and there's going to be a third outcome. I'm just waiting to try to see what that is. I I. I it's, it's in the air. I don't know. I really don't know. There's this talk of the adrenochrome, too. That came up, too. I don't know what if that means anything, oh. but uh, they immediately were right. like, oh, well, these people run around talking about adrenochrome, and they were very quick to try to brush that under the rug. So maybe maybe it's just distraction from whatever is really going on about that kind of stuff. And I don't think it's any of the weird stuff we've heard about, but there might be something there to that stuff. I think there's a lot of weird yeah, stuff that goes on. <laughs> Yeah, it's just that's the height of evil imaginable, 
like that that if that practice is real I, and and i don't know if it's real or not i assume i i don't know do you guys think that's real uh oh there went <laughs> yeah. the music that's right? a conversation for another saved day. by the bell <laughs> jeez <laughs> All right, Karen Hunt, tell everyone where to find your sub stack. Yeah, Break Free with Karen Hunt or K-H-Mezek, M-E-Z-E-K dot substack dot com. Please come and visit me there. It's amazing. Do yourself a favor and check out her amazing essays over on her sub stack. Thank you, Karen Hunt, for coming on. Ruckus, Thank you. take us out this weekend. What do you got? In honor of the earlier guest, C.S. Joseph, I will quote Carl Jung, In all chaos, there is a cosmos. In all disorder, a secret order. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Stick around and listen to J.D. Graham. It's amazing. Don't miss it on TNT. Peace.